ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونصلي ونسلم على نبيه وخليله وصفيه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحبه All praise is due to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala our creator, our provider, our protector, our supporter, our owner to him we belong and to him we return and greetings and salutations upon his messenger Sayyidina Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sallam upon his noble family members, the Ahlul Bayt his honorable companions, the Sahaba all those who follow their footsteps till the day of judgment and may we all be amongst them as well Ameen Ya Rabbil Alameen Thereafter I greet you with the greetings of peace from the court of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh Alhamdulillah we thank and praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for all his blessings upon us the greatest of which is the ni'mah of Islam and Iman that he has made us from the ummah of Sayyidina Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he granted us the ni'mah of Islam but Brothers and sisters in Islam, what does it mean to be a Muslim? What makes you and me a Muslim? What makes anybody a Muslim? Is it just a Muslim name? Is it just having Muslim parents? Is it just having a Muslim appearance? Is it just practicing certain rituals or avoiding certain things? No. These things are all secondary and not of priority. What makes a person a Muslim ultimately is the Tawheed of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Is their belief regarding Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, their belief regarding God. What distinguishes Islam from all other religions is our belief regarding God. That's where we disagree. That's, where, that's what makes somebody a Muslim or a non-Muslim. It's not believing in God, by the way, because everybody believes in God. Christians believe in God. They call on God. They pray to God. They mention God. Jews believe in God. Hindus believe in God. Everybody believes in God. But what distinguishes a Muslim from a non-Muslim is what we believe about God. Our conception of God, where we believe that the belief that others have about God is wrong and the correct belief about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala about God is what we have learned from our Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in fact he was sent for that the primary duty of the messengers of Allah was to teach mankind the reality of God that's what everything starts there that's where everything starts and that's where everything ends as well so it is very important therefore for a Muslim to be clear about his understanding of his creator. Because if that is not correct, everything else is really uh, not of importance after that. So how do we distinguish our belief regarding God from the beliefs of others? The wrong beliefs of others. Here the ulama of aqidah, the science of Islamic beliefs, uh, they mentioned they derived five things from the Holy Quran and these five points are called what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not have what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not have because when you first you need to understand what he is not before you understand what he is you need to understand what Allah is not to understand what Allah is 
So the first thing, because you know, the, even the kalim of la ilaha illallah starts with la, negation first, you know, negate. So the first thing, what are the five things that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't have? The first one, our ulama mentioned, is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, God Almighty, does not have a beginning. Does not have a beginning. He is awwalun bila ibtida. He is the first without any beginning. He described him in, in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala described himself in the Quran as the first. And the Nabi sallam explained that he is the first without a beginning. Because if you just say first on, alone, somebody can still misunderstand. Somebody may say, okay, you might be the first one to come in the masjid, but there was a beginning, right? You, you did come in at a certain time, 12 o'clock, uh, 5 past 12, but you did come in at a certain time, even if you're the first one. But there is a time uh, where, where you came in. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the first, but without a beginning. He didn't start at any time in history. There's no starting date. Therefore, you cannot ask, is, uh, how old is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? That question does not apply. You can't say, how old is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? What is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's age? That's like asking an unmarried person, what is your wife's name? That's a wrong question. Why? Because it's based on a wrong assumption, a wrong premise. You're assuming wrongly that this man has a wife, and now you're asking him her name. But the assumption is wrong. There is no wife. So in the same tense, to say, how, what is Allah's age? How old is Allah? Is a wrong question. Because there is no age in the first place. There's no age to, to give you an age. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, how do you give an age to the one who had existed without any beginning? The one that's always been there. Al-Haq, one of the names of Allah is the real. The real. The only real is Allah. He is reality itself. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is reality. Reality doesn't change. You see, if it changes, it's not reality. Anything that changes is not reality. Reality is that which is real. It, it, it's permanent. It doesn't change. It's always been there, always will be there. And that reality, there's only one reality in existence. Allah. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. Nothing else. The sun, the moon, everything. They, were, they started at a certain time. They said, they rise, they, they will disappear also one day. Mankind is even more than that. You know, you, you were there 50 years ago. I wasn't there. And 50 years later, I probably won't be there as well. It was just a dream, an image that came and disappeared. Kalas, that's not reality. The world, the dunya, the images, they, they, they disappear. That's not reality. Reality is what's always there. Always been there, always will be there. And that is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. His name is Ar-Real, Al-Haq. One of his names. The truth, the, the, the real. But we are deluded by all the false things and forget about the real. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has no beginning. Has no beginning. You can't say Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is uh, millions of years old. No, that's an insult to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. How can you ascribe millions and billions to him? He exists without any beginning. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is always there. Everything else in creation that Allah created has a beginning. Everything has a start. I have a start. You ask me what's your age? It's based on when I was born. If I was born in a certain year, that's where I start. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was not born. He didn't start at any... He's always been there. Okay? Because there can't be something that was, you know, if everything is temporary, that doesn't make any sense. 
I was created by my parents and they by their parents and they by them and the earth was so on. If you go back and back and back, you have to come to the reality. You come back to reality and reality was always there. Reality can't start. If somebody says, who created Allah, that's the wrong question. Because if he was created, he won't be Allah. How can he be Allah if somebody created him? The one who created him, that would be Allah then. That would be God. Then you say, but who created that one? You say, but then that's not God. Then who, so where, till where does it go back? It has to stop somewhere. And the where, it, the where it stops, that is reality, that is Allah. The first reality has no beginning. Nobody created it. He created everything else. So Allah has no beginning. Awalun bila ibtida. And then... Yeah, the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said In one of his du'as Oh Allah you are the first And nothing was before you The second thing that Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala Doesn't have That we negate from Allah Is an end And Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala Is the last one without any end He does not end He cannot end Neither wholly or partially There is no end to Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can have no end. Now what do we learn from that? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Ayatul Kursi, I don't even get tired, I don't even get sleepy. And these are all human qualities. Allah is above such qualities. But to make human beings understand, He speaks to us at our level. He says, I don't get tired and I don't get sleepy. I am the one who is watching over the samawat and the earth, the heavens and earth. But I don't get tired and I don't get sleepy. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has no end. What's the, the benefit of knowing that? The benefit of knowing that, therefore, is that if anything has a beginning, or if anything has an end, it cannot be God. It can't be Allah. So that is the equation we have to make. That if anything has a beginning, therefore, it cannot be Allah. And this is where we disagree and we diverge from our Christian brothers and sisters. This is where we say to them that therefore Jesus والسلام, can never be God. Because Jesus has a beginning and Jesus has an end. And God cannot have a beginning and cannot have an end. Jesus has a beginning. He was born Christmas. We celebrate the birth of Jesus and uh, the crucifixion they believe in the death of Jesus and I was speaking to a Christian brother once and I told him I asked him can God die and he said no how can God die it was at a funeral and somebody died and you know God takes gives life takes life you know gives and takes makes no mistakes uh, so I asked him can God die he said no God can't die man so I said well uh, is Jesus God? He said, yes. But he said, but don't you believe that Jesus died for your sins? So now you believe, you, he said, yes, Jesus is God. You know, uh, uh, the son of God is God. But he said, you believe he died? He said, yes, he died for our sins. But now you are contradicting your first statement that God cannot die. So he was then confused and he said, well, look, um, uh, when Jesus died on the cross, he wasn't God that time. 
There he was in God. So I said, so are you saying that sometimes God can not be God? Are there times when God is not God? Huh? How does that work? Can God cease being God? Because if God stops being God, I mean, then that's, oh, that's the same as saying he died. He said, no, well, you know, uh, it's, 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 uh, it's a mystery. You should just believe. So really, they, I mean, they contradict themselves by saying God cannot die. And then they say God died uh, for our sins. And then they say when he died, he was in God. So, so when was he God? And when, when he was born? I mean, uh, Jesus, alayhi salam, was born. He came from the womb of Sayyidah Maryam, alayhi salam. Is Sayyidah Maryam God? She said, no. I said, then how can God come out of someone who is not God? I thought the creator, you know, he created creation, not the other way around. I didn't know the creator can come out of his creation. If Maryam, because most Christians don't believe that Mary is God. So uh, how can God come out of a human being? So really, I mean, uh, we have to be aware of these things. This is not about bashing anybody, but this is about understanding the difference between Tawheed and Shirk. Understanding the difference why we are Muslim and we are, why we are not Christian. It's not about having a Muslim name and not having a Christian name or uh, uh, we don't drink wine and they drink wine. These are the small things. These are not the big things. Somebody can drink wine and still be a Muslim. You know? A bad Muslim, Allah will punish them, but he's still a Muslim. Doesn't make you a non-Muslim. We need to understand the difference in our aqidah. We live in a country where we are surrounded mostly by non-Muslims and Christians. And uh, alhamdulillah, we have no problems. But as living in a, as a minority, we need to understand where we stand with regards to our beliefs, where the difference is. So many of our youth sometimes, uh, uh, you know, they, they lose track of these things. Only if you understand the difference, it's a major difference. And thirdly, the third thing that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not have is of course a partner. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not have a partner. Somebody might say, well okay, there is one Allah, but there is two of them. There is a partner. Allah, maybe why doesn't he have a partner in this universe? No, it cannot be. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in the Quran that, If there was another God in this universe, other with Allah, this whole universe would have been in chaos. It's like having two managers in the same company. Two imams cannot lead the salah at the same time. A woman cannot have two husbands. There can't be two captains in a team. So there cannot be two gods running this universe. And I give you a simple example. Let's say if there were uh, two gods, A and B, and one says, I want it to rain today. Other one says, I don't want it to rain. Now whose decision is going to take place? Whose will is going to take place? They say they are both God. There are two of them, right? So you might say, well, uh, which one is stronger? If you say A is stronger than B, then how come B is God if somebody else is stronger than him? If, B, if A is stronger, that means whatever A wants takes place and whatever B wants doesn't take place. So how, why do you call B God then? He can't be God. God, by definition, is the one that cannot be overpowered by anybody whose will takes place. So they say, no, well, they're going to have a fight. And whoever wins, his will takes place. If the gods are fighting, what's going to happen to the universe? That's <laughs> Greek mythology, the gods are fighting each other. And uh, let's say they had a fight and one of them beat the other one. 
So the one A beat B, then how can B be God if he was beaten up by A? How can God be beaten up? How can he be God if his will does not take place? How can you call him God then? So therefore, there can only be one powerful one. There can only be one God. Or you might say it's a tie. Well, if it's a tie, then what happens? That means nobody's will takes place. Neither this one or that one. Then how can they be God? How did they create the world? Or somebody might say, well, they agree on everything. So if you say for millions and billions of years long, they agree on everything, then how can you say there are two? Then that's just one. That's not two. If, some, if there are two beings, they must have their own minds, which they disagree. So really the idea that there's a partner with God doesn't make any sense. There can't be any partner. Allah has no partners. The Nabi said, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the most unneedy of any partner. La sharika lahu. He has no partner. The fourth thing we negate from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is similarity to his creation. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has no similarity at all to his creation. He's absolutely unique. And that's the meaning of Ahad. When we say, Qul huwallahu Ahad. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is Ahad. What is the meaning of Ahad? It's not, it doesn't just mean one. Just meaning one is nothing special. He is absolutely unique. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is absolutely unique. There is nothing like, and that's the end of the, that's the beginning of the surah, and that's the end of the surah. The end of the surah is what? وَلَمْ يَكُنْ لَهُ كُفُوًا And there is none like unto him. There is nothing like him. And in another ayah in the Quran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, لَيْسَ كَمِسْلِهِ شَيْءٍ There is nothing like him. And he is all hearing and all seeing. So it is kufr to give similarity to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with his creation. And this is where many of the other faiths, this is where they went wrong. This is where they committed shirk. They ascribed a likeness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They ascribed an image to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They made him look like something. If you go today to Rome, you go to the cathedral there in the Vatican, the head of the Catholic Church, in the, the big basilica there in Rome, if you go there in that church and you look at the, the walls of the church, you see a lot of the roof, a lot of paintings and angels and Jesus and Mary and all these paintings are there. You know, uh, but if you look right at the top, they got one big painting on the top. They painted a very big throne made of gold, shining gold and silver and diamonds on it. A big throne, the throne of a king. And on that throne is sitting a king. Very old man, wearing like a white ihram type of a thing. He's got long, uh, long hair on his side, but no hair on his head. And a long beard, long white beard. And he's holding a stick in his hand. And there, there's nothing after that picture. And they say, that is God. And they say, and that is God. So this is their perception of Allah. I look at that, say, that doesn't look like God. That looks like my opa. That looks like my grandfather who was created by God. You know, so uh, an old man with a long white beard sitting with a stick, that is God. He's sitting on a big throne. You know, that's God. God needs a chair to sit on. When, when do you sit on a chair, if I may ask you? When you are tired. God gets tired. What do you need to sit on a chair? You need a hip. You know? 
Uh, you need to have hips and legs and knees that you bend. I can't sit like this. I need to bend my knees and my hip and put it on a chair to rest on it. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has knees and hip to put on uh, a chair. So this is the kufr that the Nasara believed in. And the Yehud believe in the same thing. That God is sometimes a physical being. While in Islam, There is nothing like him. You cannot compare Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to his creation. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not compared to any of his creation. Even when in the Quran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about the arsh and the kursi, the throne of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is not referring to a chair. Even in the English language, the word throne doesn't only refer to a chair. It refers to power. They say they were fighting for the throne. What does that mean? For the chair? They were fighting. I want the chair. You have the chair. It means they were fighting for the kingdom. Right? If I tell you I handpicked this man, does it mean I picked him up with my hand? It simply means that I personally chose him. If I say give me a hand, does it mean uh, cut your hand off and give it to me? It's metaphorical. It simply means help me. So even in the Quran, when there are references made to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's arsh or the throne, be careful not to imagine a physical chair. Because once you're going to imagine a physical chair, the next step will be to imagine a physical guy sitting on it. Huh? And you know what a chair does? A throne. It surrounds you. In other words, this is like a throne here. If I sit on this, this thing surrounds me. Can anything surround Rabbul Alameen? Can anything surround Rabbul Alameen? Allah says, I surround everything. Allah says in the Quran, I surround everything. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the creator of the arsh. He created the arsh and the kursi. He was there before them. He didn't need them then, he doesn't need them now. So these things, you know, as Imam al-Bukhari and others said, the arsh and these are symbolisms of Allah's power, Allah's throne, Allah's might. These are not referring to physical chairs and, and, and thrones that somebody sits on and gets up from. So we have to be very careful. We do not ascribe any human qualities to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not a human being with hands and feet and legs and eyes and hair and these things. He created Adam alayhi salam like that. So we have to be very, very careful of that. There is no similarity to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Even Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is hearing us, seeing us. It's not like, like how we see and hear things. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sees everything without any eyes. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala hears everything without any ears. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't have any body parts. He's not like us. We've got hands and legs. And, uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is one. One of the awliya salihin was asked, Is Allah a body or is Allah a spirit? So the Shaykh said, He said the ruh is something, the body is something, and the spirit is something. And Allah says in the Quran, There is nothing like me. You cannot say Allah is light, you cannot say Allah is water, you cannot say Allah is the air. He created these things. He created, how can He be His creation? Therefore, Sayyidina Abu Bakr as Siddiq said, that he said, whatever comes to your mind, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not that. Simple rule. Whatever comes to your mind, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not that. That's a very simple rule. And to realize that you cannot realize is the greatest realization. 
Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiallahu an, he says, to realize that you cannot realize the essence of Allah, that is the greatest realization. How can we with our small mind, we don't even understand the universe around us. We don't even understand our bodies yet. Why is this happening? There's so many things we don't understand. How can our little minds comprehend the reality of the creator? The first thing that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not have is a direction and a place. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala munazzahun an zaman wal makan. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is beyond time and space. I started off with time. He's beyond time. What is time? The, the rotation of the sun and the moon and the nights and the days. Allah was there before, he, before all these things were even created. So he's beyond time. And he's beyond direction and space. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created space. He created the sama. If you say Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is living in the sky, Allah says, خَلَقَ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ I created the skies. That's the same as the Christian belief. The Christians believe God is inside Jesus. Uh, you want to believe God is inside the sky. What's the difference? Jesus is, they say, no, but Jesus is a creation of God. How can God be inside his creation? Well, you believe the same thing, my brother. God is inside the sky. The skies surround him. They, they cover him inside that. How can he be inside any of his creation? And mind you, I have another question. Where was he before the skies were created? Or do you believe the skies were always there? And that's bigger shirk. If you believe that the samawat, they are not created. Allah says, Khalaqa, I created the heavens. So, yeah. However, so then this question was asked to the Nabi alayhi salatu was salam. A sahabi asked, said, Ya Rasulullah, Aina kana rabbuna qablu an yakhluq al-khalq? Where was our creator before he created his creation? The Nabi sallallahu alayhi salam kept quiet. And then he raised up his head. He said, Kaan Allah, wa la shay'a ma'ah. He said, Allah was there and there was nothing with him. And he is now where he was then. And he is now where he was then. His, his state doesn't change. Creation makes no difference to him. Creation depends on him. He doesn't depend on creation. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it is... Wrong to ascribe a direction to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Even the Kaaba, we pray to it. It's not because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is there. Allah is not inside the Kaaba. Uh, the sunnah of the Nabi is, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, after salah, the Nabi sallallahu would turn towards his jama'ah, show his back to the qibla, and make dua. The Nabi alayhi salatu wa whenever he would finish his fard salah, he would turn around to his jama'ah and he makes dua. His back is to the qibla, he's facing the jama'ah and he's making dua to Allah. Allah is not in any direction. One day the Sahaba, radhuanullahi alayhim, it was the night time, they went on a battle and they didn't know which side is the Qibla, it's dark, they, there's no idea, they can't make out. So they, they assumed, they guessed a direction and made Salah in that direction. They say, okay, it's probably this way. So they made it. Next morning they realized they were wrong. The Qibla was not that way, it was this way. Now what did they do? They made Salah to, to, to the wrong direction. They asked the Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa alayhi wa sallam, he also didn't know the answer at that moment because it's something new that happened. It didn't happen before. It's something new and, and you know, he, the Nabi Sallallahu doesn't make up stuff uh, according to my opinion. No. I'm going to ask Allah. Allah will give me an answer. Jibreel will come with an answer. So the Nabi Sallallahu waited on Jibreel Alayhi Salaam. Then Jibreel Alayhi Salaam came to the Nabi Sallallahu with the words of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala وَلِلَّهِ الْمَشْرِقُ وَالْمَغْرِبُ فَأَيْنَمَا تُوَلُّوا فَثَمَّ وَجْهُ اللَّهِ Tell them, O oh Muhammad, these are the words of Allah. That to Allah 
belong the east and the west wherever you turn you will face Allah this was the answer given by Allah to the Sahaba to Allah belong the east and the west for wherever you turn you will face Allah so yes we face the Qibla because it's a sign of unity it's a sign of oneness not because Allah is in that direction of course not Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not living inside four walls four walls built by a human being can they, can they contain the creator of the heavens and the earth so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not in all directions he is everywhere in that sense because he says in the Quran I am with you wherever you are that is our aqeer if somebody wants to know where is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he is with us wherever Allah says in the Quran this is not a hadith da'if this is the ayah of the Quran I am with you wherever you are so all you need to believe is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is with us wherever we are whether you are under the ocean or whether you are above the samawat or whether you are in Japan or whether you are in wherever you are Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is with you you are not closer to Allah in Makkah than you are to him right now and you are not closer to Allah inside the masjid than you are to him inside a club you are not closer to Allah in, in, in Saudi Arabia than you are to, to him in, in London yes you feel closer to Allah in Makkah that's different Physically, there is no place where you can be closer to Allah. Otherwise, you would have to believe that Neil Armstrong is the closest person to Allah. The first guy to go on the moon because he, we were all praying on the earth. He went up, so he's closer to Allah. What nonsense is that? He's the kuffar. That mean, and the amazing thing is that the Nabi Sallallahu you know what he tells us? The closest you are to Allah is not when you're on the moon, when you are in sujood. It's all got to do with your perception your submission to Allah it's got there's no physical distance you can be sitting in front of the Kaaba in Makkah and playing with your phone you are very far away from Allah and somebody can be in London and he's in that sujood he is closer to Allah than you because there is no phys physically Allah is close to everybody Allah says I am closer to you than your jugular veins Allah says, I am closer to you than your... This is the jugular vein is here. There's nothing closer to you than this. Allah says, I am closer to you than that. But you cannot see. So it's only about realizing how, we, how close Allah is to us. It's not about going somewhere. You don't become closer. If you come in the first of you're closer to Allah. No, it's not. You come in the first of for the barakah, for the malaika, for the dua, so you can listen to the imam. Not because you're closer to Allah. So brothers and sisters in Islam, to conclude, it is Tawheed that separates a Muslim from a non-Muslim. It's not about how you look like, what your name you have. If your belief about Allah is correct, you are a Muslim, even if you have a Christian name. And if your belief about Allah is wrong, then even if you have a Muslim name, you are a kafir. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala keep us steadfast on Tawheed. And the entire Tawheed is summarized in one line, La ilaha illallah. All of this whole lecture is in La ilaha illallah. The Nabi said, whoever's last words are La ilaha illallah will enter Jannah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us understand La ilaha illallah, make us live on La ilaha illallah, and make us die on La ilaha illallah. And raise us up on the day of Qiyamah with La ilaha illallah. Wa sallallahu ala Sayyidina Muhammadin wa alihi wa sahabihi ajma'in wa akhiru da'wan anilhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.